Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of the Pictures Out There podcast series. Today, Lee and Dave will explore why we should care about the future. They'll share their top 10 list of reasons to care. The future is right around the corner, and it's ours to imagine. And now, here's Lee and Dave. Well, thank you, Candy, for that kind introduction. I'm Lee. And I'm Dave. Welcome back to the Pictures Out There podcast series. We call this week's topic, Why We Should Care About the World's Future. Why We Should Care About the World's Future. That seems like kind of an obvious statement, perhaps, but please stay tuned. Our discussion will underscore why we should have our own pictures, why we should care deeply about the future of our world, and make the world's future a primary focus in our lives. Lee, here's a quote that I like from Alvin Toffler's Future Shock from 1970. And he says, The greatest and most dangerous marvel of all is the complacent past orientation of the race, its unwillingness to confront the reality of acceleration. Hmm. Thus man moves swiftly into an unexplored universe, into a totally new stage of eco-technological development, firmly convinced that human nature is eternal or that stability will return. He simply refuses to imagine the future. So, today we're going to share our top ten list of reasons for us to care about our future and the future of our world. Lee, why don't you start us off? Okay, let's look at number one on our top 10 list. If we do not care about the world's future now, uh, there may not be a future. Hmm. Now, Dave and I are both optimists, but we would certainly acknowledge that members of our human species, as well as our living planet Earth, both have the capability to end our existence as a species we would call ourselves realistic optimists. We live in this incredible Petri dish called Earth, this planet that has always had an amazing ability to create diverse life. In the meantime, our species has developed an ability to destroy life and the diversity of our animals and plants. But as optimists, we think that our species can and will rise above that risk in time. Lee, here in 2022, recently I've seen more and more surveys that get taken of people where they are asked, how do you think the world will come to an end, or how do you think human life will stop? Whenever I see one of those, I'm interested by the responses, and I also kind of go, what? Mm -hmm. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. Why are we asking this question? Yeah, why are we asking this question as if we're on this runaway train and nobody's behind the wheel? It is something that I think our society and people are aware of, and the different reactions to it are amazing that there's not this overwhelming response of, we've got to care about the future. We need to figure out what's going to happen and what we should do. Yeah, it seems to me that rather than having a survey that asks the question, how will the world end, isn't a better survey, how can we keep the world flourishing? Let's have that discussion. I like it. I have yet to see that survey. (laughs) We need to push for that. Okay, number two. If we care about the world's future and act accordingly, we and our descendants can feel better. Think about that. And have less stress every day. Hmm. Hmm. In a world and society that addresses our basic needs. Let's look at number three on our top ten list. 
if we care about the world's future and if we act accordingly, we can have a more prosperous future for all of us over time. As we recently discussed in our podcast titled The Math of Kindness, the cost of solving issues like having clean air, combating climate change, clean water, hunger, they more than pay for themselves in real financial benefits. We are literally turning down having more real money as a society when we continue to not permanently solve these issues. Dave and I would argue that greed is not good. Prosperity for all is what is good. It's the strangest thing where we turn down over time having money in our own pocket, having wealth in our own pocket. Mm -hmm. No, we would rather have a situation where we are not all treated of equal value and we combat each other as a normal course of existence. Mm -hmm. And we pay for that. We pay for it financially as much as anything else. Yes, in addition to psychically. All right. So if number four here, if we care about the world's future and act accordingly, we can leave our own positive legacy and a positive handprint from the lives that we've led. And we think it would be such a good feeling at the end of this life to recognize that we showed caring for all people and the world while we were still alive mm -hmm. and took advantage of the solutions that were just sitting there waiting for us to act. So I like to think about this, and I'm a amateur fan of archaeology. I think it's cool when ancient societies' uh, remains are discovered. Well, imagine if we left an archaeological record some millennia in the future, and the archaeologists in that time look back and go, well, what a kind, loving, nurturing society this must have mm. been. What kind of footprint and handprint would that look like? Literature and music would tell the same tale. Oh, in their time, they were loving and nurturing and supportive of one another. Actually, in your example, don't we do that, right? In yes. our situation, there's a lot of looking back at whether it's an ancient Egyptian civilization, some of the very earliest African civilizations, Rome, Greece, some of the early Chinese civilizations that had those advances, mm -hmm. that tried to do those things. And we look back and go, wow, that's kind of amazing that they did yeah. that. And we learn about them. Absolutely, we do. Yeah. Yes. All right, let's take a look at number five on our top 10 list, which states, if we care about the world's future and act accordingly, we can position our descendants well for their own lives, setting them up in a more caring more beautiful and more prosperous world. Lee, sometimes it seems like we look at our what's going to happen to our children or grandchildren or other relatives or descendants or ones we love that are close by, maybe not in our formal family. It's like they're going to be in this tunnel going out to mm -hmm. the future mm -hmm. and the things we do, we can do just for them and and we can kind of protect them from the society that they're going to be a part of. And that isn't going to work. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting to me that if you ask most people, uh, what kind of a world do you want for your grandchildren, for example, they would do a very excellent job of painting a beautiful picture, right? And if you ask those same people... How do you think the world's going to end? Well, probably next week in a ball of fire. <laughs> so, I mean, there's just a, a natural contradiction yes. in the way humans think about the future. But I think our point here is that when it hits really close to home, we have a very, very different viewpoint. Okay. Here's number six. If we care about the world's future and act accordingly, we can position ourselves for a better future if we reincarnate in some form, human or otherwise. 
So don't know what your spiritual beliefs are, individual listeners out there, present and future. What would we be wanting to do for the future that would position us as good mm-hmm. as possible, <laughs> no matter you know where we come back or in what form or, or what have you? Yeah, wouldn't version 4.0 of Dave or version 5.0 <laughs> of Lee, wouldn't you want to position those future selves to be you know loving, supportive, nurturing, and, and in a good place? And in a loving society. So let's look at number seven on our list of top 10 reasons. If we care about the world's future and act accordingly, we can create our own ideals, then we can live them and feel that great feeling that comes from living a simple, ideal-based life. Great ideals inevitably create a better today as well as a better future. Yeah, when we uh, live by our ideals, as we've said, that feels good, and it feels good in the moment. We know when we're being true to our biggest beliefs, our most important beliefs, and we know when we're diverting from them. Okay, number eight. If we care about the world's future and act accordingly, we can contribute to the well-being of strangers and people we don't know. Hmm. Hmm. The knowledge that we are doing that, that we are contributing to the well-being of strangers and people we don't know, has a variety of positive effects. It's emotional effects. It's physical effects an improved self-image, a deeper feeling of connection to other people, a deeper feeling of connection to the world we all live in. That's caring about the future as well as the present. Lee, the, the example that pops up to me with this is when some tragedy happens in another part of the world, a natural disaster, a mining collapse, something like that, there is an immediate emotional connection that most of us have to those people. Yes. Well, we don't know them. Right. They're, they're strangers. Yes. We don't know them, but we, in that moment, have empathy and connection to their plight. Why can we not extend that empathy and connection to everyone every day? Why is that so hard for I, some I of us? I don't know why that's so hard for us, but that's an excellent example. If a tsunami occurs and thousands are displaced or killed, there's an international outpouring of support. We didn't know those people before. And guess what? A week later, we're not thinking about those people again. So it's a very peculiar human trait. And all of those people are going to have children, descendants. If we care about them, wouldn't we care also about their descendants as much as ours? It would seem. Yep. So number nine on our top 10 list, if we care about the world's future and act accordingly, we can fully and truly love. Fully loving in the present inevitably requires us to love the future. Are we truly and fully loving if we do not focus and care deeply about the future? When we express real love for the future right now, it just feels good. Okay, enough said on that one. Number 10, if we care about the world's future and act accordingly, we should care about all other people and the world they live in since they are 99 plus percent the same as us. So we've talked about that with the we're the same and we're unique concept, common uniqueness, that we are largely the same, all of us. And so the differences that we see in one another, some of those are legitimate, unique things that are beautiful to see. Mm -hmm. Others are inventions of our mind Mm -hmm. that aren't really differences. But basically, we we are very close to the same. As a human society, we haven't yet consistently acted that way. We can each make, though, a different decision to act tomorrow with that 99 plus percent truth in our minds and in our actions. 
So Dave, for me, there's numerous factors that contribute to that thinking. One of them is the very concept of living in, in nations. We live in the United States of America here in 2022. Other people live in Egypt and other people live in Thailand. Well, that gets in our way right from that point forward about thinking of we're all people on this thing called planet Earth. And again, that's one factor out of many, 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 right? But it starts with, I have a national identity. So therefore, I'm constrained from thinking as other people as my brothers and sisters. Yeah. And thinking not just of being neutral about them lots of times, but they're enemies. Yeah. They're yeah. competition. Yeah. So it's not just, I don't want to help them. I actually may want to hurt them. Yeah, we're wearing green jerseys here and they're wearing yeah. yellow ones over yeah. there, the enemy. Exactly. So here's a few questions after this fantastic top 10 list that we presented. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it. But here's a few questions for us to seriously ponder a bit. Do we assess our numerous daily or weekly options or choices based on creating a better future and a better world for all? And if not, why not? Where's the direction that we want the world to go? Where's the direction that we want our own lives to go? What's the picture? What's the picture? What are our ideals? And let's go ahead and have our actions, our next action, no matter what's going on, let's make sure it's consistent with that. Yeah, absolutely. It's unusual or maybe even impossible to build our picture in one moment, right? We have to march toward it moment by moment, incrementally, day to day. And that's how we're going to realize our own pictures and a far better future, not only for us, but those who follow us. It happens step by step, as, as you're saying, Lee. If we don't do that, and I think we're saying with the Toffler quote at the beginning, there's a recognition that we very frequently don't think about the future, at least now. If not, why do we feel so disconnected from the rest of society today? Why do we feel so disconnected from those who are going to be alive in the future, including those in our family who will come after us? Why are their future lives not completely real to us right now? And I think the daily firefighting, as I call it, we all wake up every day with things we need to accomplish and get done. And that's where our focus and energies are. And we so rarely take even a moment to say, well, what should the future be like? Generally, when we talk about the future, we talk about next month or next year. So now that we've given you those 10 reasons, uh, we think we need to give all of us a few ideas on how we might make this begin to happen. So how do we embed a deep caring for the future into all aspects of our society? Well, we can affirm the unique personhood of each individual that's living today. We can reinforce that each person is unique and matters. That's a good starting point. We can then start with social structures for childhood, provide a loving and caring environment for all children. Lee, I think we can embed a deep caring for the future into the way we parent and into our social systems. And then we can support that notion and that caring with teaching and with modeling and socialization. Mm -hmm. We can reinforce kindness. Mm. What about reinforcing imagination? Absolutely. Reinforcing our innate emotional intelligence. And as we've talked about uh, previously, we can uh, teach curiosity. We can teach listening skills, question asking mm -hmm. skills, storytelling skills. All of those things will help. And what if we were to value the many, many gifts, skills, abilities, and talents that each person possesses? Ah, everybody has a place in the world today. Yes. And everybody has a place in the world of the future. future. What should it be? We can reinforce uh, cooperating and collaborating instead of just competition all the time. 
And what if we were to teach about all elements of change? Said two change management practitioners. <laughs> we love that one. We can insist on having no competitions that hurt others in a tangible way. We can create help and we can create social safety nets. Mm, okay. Uh, let's see. We can reinforce love as an ultimate ideal. Hmm. Think of that. We can ensure that childhood does not create a deficit for any person. It should be a fully healthy engine toward a happy and satisfying adulthood for everyone. And I hope in this list that we gave is, is Lee and I were thinking through that and, and kind of coming up with a bunch of things as I'm replaying that in my mind, I'm going, all of those things are things we can do individually. There's nothing where we're needing an edict from someone to start doing those things. They're there for us now. Yeah. We can individually go do them. So we should all see ourselves as very powerful and very capable of impacting this where we are. And as we will repeat this phrase a lot in all of these podcasts, we can do our part. And doing our part is incredibly powerful and satisfying. Absolutely, Dave. And I, I want to remark on one more thing about just some of those ideas we shared. Uh, nobody has to empty their bank account to do no. these, right? Mm -hmm. It's just a change in mindset. It's a change in heart set. Right. That's all that's required. Right. So let's think about a scenario for a minute. Suppose we are each reborn 50 to 100 years from now to someone somewhere on the globe. Okay, everybody got that? You know, it's, as we're sitting here right now, it'd be somewhere out near 2100. We're reborn somewhere. Yes. Could be anyone or anywhere. What would we calmly and urgently want to have happen in the world starting now, here in 2022, between now and then, before we're reborn? I can think of a lot of things I, where do, I would go. Do we have time for this list? If, if, I'm, <laughs> if I'm going to get reborn somewhere yeah. and I don't know where. Yes, or to whom, or what the circumstance, wow, I would really like the world to get its act together on a lot of things. Let's start with clean air and clean water. Yeah. Let's start with every person has their basic survival needs met. Yeah. Take that stress off the table. Exactly. Everybody has that met from the moment they're born. I want to be living in a nice world. A nice world. Yeah. I want to have access to education. I want to have access to health care. So do our current lives and actions and influence reflect those actions, those changes, and the urgency that is needed to make them happen in the next 50 to 100 years? Not yet. We're not there yet. Yeah. Can we get there? We believe so. We believe we can. We're optimists, but we're not doing that yet. And so, again, as we've talked about, a lot of this starts with each of us doing our part and taking individual steps every day and caring about the future. Okay, so even if we don't believe in reincarnation, we'll flip this around a little bit. Or even if it's not that we're reborn, don't know what's going to happen with that. There is someone mm -hmm. who is going to be born 50 to 100 years from now. now. Someone's a lot of someones. A lot of someones. Do we care deeply about them and the world that they'll be born into? Yeah. We'll leave that question sitting. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, we are now at that segment where we talk to future generations. Hello, future. Hey, folks. How you doing? And uh, we're talking about something, why we should care about the future. Boy, this one directly connects to you guys because you're in the future and we're here in, the, in your past. And we're asking the question why we should care about you and your, your world. 
And so uh, you all, we think, have adopted so much of what we're describing here in this podcast of ways of caring, actions to take, points of emphasis. Uh, We suspect that uh, you all had to overcome these things we're talking about, the challenge that we sometimes have to get out of ourselves and think about other people or think about the future. We think that you have been able to do that. You all have, have set up repetition for that thought process to where it's habit for you, and you would be asking why it was harder from this end to do that than, than you all would think. I think we've described a lot of that. Yes. It's just a lot of it is getting out of ourselves and really thinking about the future. Yeah, absolutely. So as a continuing conversation about caring about our future... We will have more conversations periodically this podcast season about some topics from the 2020 book, Aftershock. Not the 1970 book, but the 2020 book. Mm -hmm. This book includes essays from some of today's leading futurist thought leaders. We will join the stream of thought and discussion about the future that is happening as we speak and has always been happening. We will have some really interesting conversations about where our world and humanity are going and more importantly, where we should go. The core elements and concepts of the pictures out there model that we've been describing last season and again this season on the podcast series, they're very complementary to the thoughts and topics in many of these essays, while they also raise some great thought-provoking questions for us to talk through. So stay tuned for those conversations. We're going to be going over essays from people who do care very deeply about the future. It may be the main thing that they do vocationally, or they do as just as part of their life. So uh, look forward to that, please. So we're going to leave you with one thought about caring about the future. And we've referred to this earlier. Each of us only needs to do our part. Just doing our part is more than enough. If we do our part, we should feel great. So we'd like to close by sharing a quotation from Nobel Peace Prize laureate Nelson Mandela. He stated, it always seems impossible until it's done. That may just seem like six or seven words, but I think there's profound wisdom there. (laughs) It always seems impossible until it's done. And then we look back and go, well, that may have been challenging. That may have been hard, but we did it. So if we just do our part, it'll get done. It will get done. So as always, we close by asking, what are your pictures? What are your perspectives, your ideals, and what is your influence to use? Okay, thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us today. As always, feel free to explore more about pictures out there at picturesoutthere.com and major social media sites. We hope you have the day of your dreams, the day of your pictures.